Welcome, welcome everybody. Welcome to a great class today. We have a great, great topic. Zivugim and Parnassah. Everybody either needs one of the two. Either Zivugim refers to relationships. Zivugim also refers to business relationships. Zivugim also refers to Shalom Bayit. We need Zivugim. Zivugim means the, according to a person's matching. His Zivug. Everybody's asking not for... There's, I don't think there's ever a lack of dates. There's a lack of the right date. The right Zivug. I don't think there's a lack of, lack of business. There's a lack of the right Zivug. So here, we're going to talk about his big, big concepts for this week that how we're connected, the, the, both the Parsha Saman and the splitting of the Red Sea, connected to these two areas of our lives that I would say 99% of the world has so much anxiety with, which is money and relationships. And you can see that there's tremendous, tremendous segulot and tremendous amount of advice, specifically this week, for these two things. I just want to make sure the hearing's good. The hearing's good? Good? Perfect. And these are the two things that are very, very important. So, you know, we have a lot of classes, and I'm seeing a lot of success across the board, but there's a common trend. There's a, you have to understand that for these classes, there has to be a commitment on the person. You know, you can't have an interested mindset. Interested people don't get much. They get Facebook likes, they get this, they, you know. I'm talking about commitment. There's a difference between, when I'm telling you to commit to exercise, when I'm telling you to commit to prayer, I'm telling you, you have to like, do it like your life's on, on the line. That's the difference. Instructed people do not get much in life. Committed people get everything. And you need to understand that. We need to make that shift from interested to committed. That little shift between interested and committed is a huge thing in heaven. Because when your creator knows how much effort you're putting into something, it's not even what you say. It's the fact that you're making a commitment. And that is something that's huge. And you know, across the board, you, know, you see with an employee, it doesn't matter if he's making mistakes, as long as he's committed. Eventually he's going to get it. We invest in the commitment of the person. This is another thing in heaven that there's a requirement of self-sacrifice. I mean, that's, this is if you want to get things to, to shift in heaven. And you could clearly see the commitment of Yosef Atzadik, and our sages say that the reason that the sea split was because of his Mesurat Nefesh, his commitment, his self-sacrifice. And it's telling, God's telling us something, that he doesn't want people just to have religion. He's interested in people that are alive. And yes, a lot of things are going to knock you out. This virus can knock you out. Fear can knock you out. Doubt can knock you out. But you have to, you have to rise above all this. Very important to rise above all this nonsense, which obviously has done nothing for us. You have to rise above it. And when you get to that state, believe me, you're going to remember, this is how things work in life. When you start recognizing how great your prayers are, when you recognize a new, new power of beliefs, you start building confidence in yourself. Once you have that confidence in yourself, there's nothing that's going to stop you. But when there's no confidence, what's going to happen? You don't, you don't want to try to know something new. You're always in doubt. And this is what our sages say after the whole splitting of the Red Sea, after Amalek, everything, what happens? Amalek came at the end. Amalek represents our doubts. This is something that I always say, it's not, the problem is not what you say. The problem is getting to you, getting the person to do something. It's once a person's performing, once a person's praying, once a person's getting there, no problem. But the mind game is really getting to that. So let's understand this concept. Interested people get nothing. Committed people get everything. So you have to have a little bit of a mindset of going all in. I guarantee you, whatever we're going to talk about works. A hundred percent it works. 
I can guarantee it. Personally tried everything that I spoke about works. But again, it's not what it's not what I'm saying. It's the belief behind it. Remember that concept. We have to work on belief because all actions are based on our beliefs. You have to look at this class not as an obligation, as an opportunity. Specifically in this class, specifically this week, we have tremendous amount of mercy this week. A lot, a lot of things can happen. Your zivu can come to you. Parnas open business can open up. Seven years ago, I specifically on this specific day, I asked for a new business and I got it. I asked for it, I got it. You have to believe in that. Doesn't mean if you ask for it at eight o'clock in the morning, you're going to get it at eight thirty-five. Like all oh, the Jews, they want something, you know, FedEx packages every time they pray. Where's the tracking number? Doesn't work like that. You have to have patience. You have to not have control. That's one thing. One of the things that go against us, unfortunately, because sometimes. People are very aggressive. They want things fast, but they pray. The check, the, uh, nothing's working. Nothing's moving. No, 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 no. You have to. What, you, what we're talking about here is very important. I can't tell you this advice. I suffered two years in expectations that turn into resentments. Whatever you're doing, I can't tell this to you enough. You have to pray, or you have to read Parsha Saman, or whatever you're doing in these classes, and make sure you get out of the way afterwards. Okay? I can't tell you. Sometimes it's not what you're doing. It's the control, the expectation afterwards. That's not causing the thing to happen. This is the reason why we get exhausted in life. The reason why we get exhausted when we do spiritual things is not because of the things we're doing. It's because we're always waiting for something to, to change right away. And what's happening is when you do that, you're actually going against yourself because that's a form of control. So we want to make sure whatever you're doing, do it, and get out of the way. Make sure you get out of the way because you don't want to tell God when to answer your prayer. Maybe something's not meant to happen at that moment. Maybe you need it. Maybe it's not the right zivu. This is one of the biggest causes in life of suffering. Rabbi Nachman says one of the biggest causes of suffering is rushing the hour. Rushing the hour. And I would give the, the example of trying, a woman trying to give birth and, and, and trying to have a baby in five months. And she, I have anxiety. I gotta go. I gotta get it. You would kill the baby. So getting something before you're ready for it, it's almost the same form. You would never, as a mother, you would never say, "Let's let's go get it." Let's. I'm, I, I'm too. I'm tired. I need to get rid of this baby after five months. You recognize the precaution. Yeah, you'll be fine, but the baby not might not make it. So God forbid. I'm just trying to give the example, the importance of this concept of patience and faith. It's very connected. To the extent of the faith you have, the more patience you have. No faith, no patience. It's a formula. You can't have patience and say, I have faith, and no faith. Or you can't say, I need things quickly, and say, I have faith, but I need it right now. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. This is one of the things that literally I suffered for two years. I suffered in tremendous, I used to wake up at two o'clock in the morning, pray, and the rest, and I'm like, this is what I woke up this kind of day? What am I going to do next? I felt hopeless. I literally felt hopeless. If I'm waking up at 2 o'clock meditating, and this is the day I'm having, I don't know what else to do. I, 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 I got to such a, a state of deep despair. I'm like, what else can I do? What else can I do? And it had nothing to do with me, what I did. The thing that I did was good. It was what I did afterwards. was, okay, what happened? This is the day I'm having. This is the expectations I'm having. I had so many expectations, and it turned nothing into more resentment. It was, I had a resentment towards my Creator because He wasn't answering things right away for me, which is a form of arrogance. So we have to be careful. This is one of the reasons why things will not work for you.
It's because not what you do, but what you do afterwards. What you do afterwards. So, like the ego, you got to do what you got to do. And please, get out of the way. Praise him for a zivug and get out of the way. I heard an unbelievable example today. Unbelievable example. Rabbi, Rabbi Bitterman, he, get, he had a, he had a two-second, two-minute tape. And he says, you have to look at your parnasa like a, like a bird. What does the bird do? A bird, you, know, you feed the birds, what do they do? They eat, and right away they look up. Right away they look up. They eat, and right away they look up. That's what birds do. They look, they eat, and right away they go up. Same thing with us. Eat, parnasa, do the effort, but right away look up. Don't get stuck on the koach of your own hands. You know, I tell people it's not sometimes that you have to work harder. I think you have to surrender more. That's the issue today. It's not that they have to work. People have good intentions and good drive, but what happens is they don't like, they don't want to, they're not surrendering enough to let the light in. And this is where the Rav Nachman saying is sometimes you need to put the brakes on. Put the brakes. Surrender allows the light to come in. But sometimes we, don't, we want to work even harder and harder because things are not working and that's not what our Creator wants. Our Creator wants you to just pull back and let go. Let go, as they say in the 12-step rooms, let go and let God. This is a very common, common line. Let go and let God. And you can, we, should, we should learn a lot from that. Let's start. So Parshish Haman talks, Rabbi Nachman talks another, about another beautiful concept that you should understand. So first, remember every time you're feeding a bird, that should be you. Second concept, you need to understand something very beautiful. Rabbi Nachman talks about a reflected light, a light, direct light, and a reflected light. Right? There's always an action and there's always a reaction in heaven. Remember that concept, that never goes away. My action causes a reaction. Let's say you're walking in the middle of the street and you smile at somebody who you don't know. You know what's going to happen? They're going to smile at you. What happens if you're walking down the street and you're not wearing a mask and somebody is and they give you a dirty look? What's going to happen? They're going to give you a dirty look and you're going to give them a dirty look. You're going to say, what are you, crazy? The same concept. In life it works the same way. There's an action and there's a reaction. We have the ability in heaven to, change, to, re, to, to get that we have the ability to have the action below and there should be a reaction above according, that's why our sages say that blessing comes according to your state of mind according to your, 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 state, of, your, your state of mind so there's a, re, there's a reflected light and there's a directed light so according to the amount of effort I put in in, in projecting my light upstairs in heaven, with trust, I can get that same light right back to me. Remember that concept. It's a beautiful concept. That means there's a directed light and there's a reflected light. And this is why our sages say something so beautiful. To the extent that a person sustains his Father in heaven with his prayers, how do we sustain our Creator? We praise Him. We, we, we glorify Him. We thank Him. We, we're grateful, you know, that's, that's how you sustain your Creator. What happens? He sustains you. Very simple. To the extent that you sustain Him, He sustains you. You sustain Him, He sustains you. You don't sustain Him, He really doesn't sustain you. 
So this is a very serious concept. This is why the Gemara says, prayer is at the summit of the universe, but most people are very, very, don't care about it. You understand? Remember, I sustain him, he sustains me. So you ask yourself, if the sustenance is low lately, if the parnas is low, if the zivugim are low, because remember, there's, we have a concept that the Gemara is telling us clearly that providing a person's livelihood is as difficult as splitting the Red Sea, and also finding a marriage partner is as difficult as Red Sea. So these two concepts, the Red Sea, it represents prayer. These two concepts, the Red Sea is a concept of prayers. Why prayer? Because it's 12 lanes, you go to a synagogue, you see 12 windows, those 12 windows represent the 12 versions of prayers, connected to the 12 tribes. So you see the windows, all the windows. That's a, it's because we're connected to a specific tribe. Here is a different example. The windows are over there. But that's, that's really why they have windows in the synagogue, to represent the 12 windows and the 12 tribes and 12 versions of prayers. Because, it rep, because prayer is really connected to the, 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 the splitting of the Red Sea, which split in 12 different ways. So now we know that a person's Spiritual union, you have to make unifications. Your job in this world is to make zivugim. How do I make a zivug? Very simple. I make a zivug by aligning my mind and my heart together. That's called kavana. When I make a zivug, when I pray with intention, when I pray with my heart, I am making a zivug. That zivug below causes a zivug in heaven, which stimulates shefa which stimulates a blessing. But when we pray without zivug, if you have the phone here and your head in New York and your, your mind in China and your, your ears with Fauci, you're not even making nothing. What are you making? You're making headaches. You're not making nothing. You're making a cholent of, of, of thoughts of nonsense. So it's very important, the concentration and the intensity, just like anything, has to be emphasized with this concept. This is, the, this is the goal. This is what our sage is saying. These are two things that you need. You need zivugim. My prayers could depend on the partnership I have in my, my partner. My, 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 my prayers could depend on the CEO I have. My prayers could depend on the date I'm getting. I'm getting tomorrow. Whatever you're, you're dating. You're getting rough dates? The prayers are rough. That's an indication. You're attracting... Remember, we're attracting our, who we are. Which is an unbelievable concept. That we're allowed... To, we could change that. We could really, really change that. So according to who? Like, like very simple. A fearful person will always attract fearful situations. If you, be, if you put emphasis on this, this is how you start making zivugim. This is why Rabbi Nachman saying that if your tefillah is in the right place, you can upgrade your zivug. Upgrade your zivug. Not upgrade your app. Not upgrade your version. Upgrade your soulmate. That's an unbelievable thing. Why can I really upgrade my soul? I thought it was declared in heaven. Through prayer, you can alter nature. Prayer can alter nature. Very simple. You were destined for Moroccan, you got an Ashkenazi. <laughs> or the opposite, according to your state of mind. Just joking. That's the last Moroccan joke. I'm just giving you an example. You're destined for somebody, you can change it. You have to believe that. Very, very, very important concept. Then Rabbi Nachman says here that... The Jewish people cried out to God. Their prayers altered nature. 
Each tribe was given its own path to cross the sea, thus the splitting of the Red Sea was a direct result of prayer. The Mizrash teaches us that creation, God made a stipulation with the Red Sea that it should split on the, on, the, on the merit of the Jews, but only after they cried out. Once they cried out, the sits split. That means after you have a really bad date, this is the time to cry out to heaven. This is showing you this is what I'm attracting. This is what I'm, the Hashem is sending me. It's not a bad thing. It's just telling you something needs to be fixed. This is what tells you. When, when you're attracting rough business partners, this is who you're attracting. What are you going to do? And when we become, isn't it amazing that when we change our relationship with our Creator, He changes our relationship with people. We start meeting better people. We start meeting more people with, with, with a higher level of consciousness. We start attracting different people because what? We change. It's not that the people change. We change. When we change, we're able to alter that. So there's no excuses. There's adjustments here. If you're making excuses in life, it's because you're not making adjustments. And this is what's teaching us in life. When we're attracting the right and wrong type of people, Hashem is telling you, stop making excuses and start making adjustments. Adjust the time you pray. Adjust the intention you pray, where you pray, how you pray, what time. That's an adjustment. You know, even when you do exercise, you can't do the same workout all the time. Because what happens? You need to shock the muscles. If you worked out the same muscle all the time, you're not going to have growth. So specifically, what do people do? They do all kinds of different exercises. Why? Because they need to shock the muscles. We need also to create a shock in heaven. You know, all of a sudden, the guy shows up, wakes up at 9 o'clock in the morning. All of a sudden, he's up at 6.30 begging God. <laughs> you shocked, he shocked somebody. That's what I'm talking about. You have to create a shock. You have to create an arousal, it's called. Just like a union, you have to have an arousal. When you have an arousal, you have an arousal below. So now we're going to talk about lessons that we learned from the man. We're also going to talk about relationships. Believe it or not, marriage and getting married and relationships have a big influence on your parnasa. Big, big deal on your parnasa. That's why you get a reward for, making, for getting married. Obviously, marriage is not easy. So God says, yeah, I'm going to give you more money. If it was easy, then, then obviously, but there's a reward, believe it or not, for getting married. The minute you sign the ketubah, the minute you say, I'm going to take responsibility, you know what happens? Shefa comes down to the person. And according to how he treats his wife, according to that zivug, even more shefa. But if he's a cheapskate and he, and he has fear and he criticizes her and he says, stop spending money here, 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 the shefa goes down. You're going to hear an unbelievable concept that really Parnassah comes from the woman's soul. It comes from the radiance of the woman's soul. We're going to talk about that pretty crazy concept. If you hear that, you, you, would, you really will work on your Shalom Bayit. Because the, how she, when she's happy, she's, she's shining that light to you. So happy wife, happy life. You're going to make more money too because of this concept. Because, because of this concept. Let's talk about just a, a couple things on. First, we'll talk about Parsha Salman, and then we'll talk about the connection with women and relationships and all that. So, God says, I'm sending that raining down from heaven, bread from heaven. Let the people go gather out and see each day so I can test them to see if they're going to follow me or not. So remember, we spoke about this morning that Parnassah is a test. Is a test. Parnassah is a test. Don't think it's not a test. It's a test. God's going to see what are you going to do with the money? Are you going to give charity from the money? Are you not going to give it? He Sometimes he'll give you money. He'll give you a test. 
doesn't mean you keep it. We know people make it, but not everybody keeps it. The best way to preserve money is one way, salt it. How do you, how do you preserve meat? Salt it. It's the best way. Salt it. What does salt mean? Charity. The best way. The best way, like I said before, you have money, you want to make parnasa, create a distribution network. Take the money that you make and just pretend you're an account holder and then just distribute the 10% out to organizations so you just become the flow of the, flow of, the, of, the, of, the, of, the of the blessing from the money. But what happens is if the guy doesn't want to give charity, he's afraid, he, you know, these rabbis, I don't know which one's good, I don't want to give to anybody, I'd rather keep, keep it for my children. What happens? Oh, he's not... What happens? We've got to cut it from him. We'll give it to somebody else. You have to look at money literally like you're just an account holder. And he gives you, he just uses you as a vehicle to, to, to distribute the money. So this is the tough thing in life. Specifically in the beginning, it's very tough to give charity. Because you're saying, well, I'm giving away money, how can I, how could, you know, it's, I'm giving away money, how could I make it? What you're really doing is you're actually trusting in your creator. Remember, trusting in your creator is a big concept. We know that Nakshon, right before he split the Red Sea, what happened? <laughs> it was not, there was no opening until he took the action. So this is another concept that we, we have to recognize always, that you're going to be put in very uncomfortable situations in your life, that there's no, there's no guarantee, there's no certainty. He wants you to make a bold move. He wants you to open up a business. He wants you to take that shot. He wants you to trust. And believe it or not, people are very confused about this concept. People think that if I get into the right business, I make the right decision. No, it's more about the fact that you took a, that you took a chance and you did something. You trusted in the process. You understand? That is the key. It's not whether I'm in the right business or I'm not business. Just like Rabbi Rush says, something said something so beautiful. I did a Q&A with him Sunday. And he says, a guy can have the greatest wife in the world. If he doesn't work on himself, he's going to have a miserable marriage. Miserable marriage. But a guy can have the worst wife in the world. If he works on himself, he's going to have the best marriage. So you understand? This, this concept of, uh, about the person really has nothing to do with success. The success is really whether that person is able to, to get that success based on how he's working himself. And this is what Rabbi Rush is telling us. Oh, get prepared to go out of your comfort zone with trust. Get prepared to, to get out of your comfort zone with marriage. Stop looking for that certainty. Stop looking at that certainty in life and being anxious that you're not getting the certainty. This is the key. The key is get going. And because you got going, like Anakshan split the Red Sea, he made a move, he took action, the sea split. And this is why when the Jews were crying out, they're saying, stop crying out. Why are you crying out to me? It doesn't, it's not, the Nefesh HaKhaim says something beautiful. He says, why are you crying out to me? What do you mean? We're supposed to cry out to God. Yes, there's a time to cry out to God and there's a time to take action. That means your prayer has already been answered. Now it's the time for you to move. So Hashem says, why are you crying out to me? Tell them to move. How much crying do you want to do? We heard your prayers already. There's a time to pray and there's a time to now trust. And we know that the difference between emunah and bitachon is one thing. Action. Belief, emunah is a belief. I think things will go, I, I believe things will work out. Trust is I know things will work out one way or the other. 
You understand? Doesn't mean that that choice is going to lead you. Sometimes, believe it or not, you're going to have to go through choice A to, to find out somebody who, 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 who's going to give you a connection to choice B, and B will be successful. But the worst thing we could do is not do anything. Doesn't mean always that the, the choice A is going to work. Choice A will, but if you didn't ch take choice A, you would never got to choice B. And that was a blessing. That's the whole point. Person has to make that arousal by taking massive action. And when you do this, you have, you, your life will be completely different because you're, you're going to always be in decision making. You always make decisions. And inside you're going to feel very good about yourself. Because you're going to say, you know what, I, I make decisions. I live in the moment. If it works out, wonderful. If it doesn't, we'll learn. It's a, it's a different life you can have. You have no anxiety this way. Anxiety is finished because anxiety is when you don't make a decision out of fear. So making that decision is the most powerful thing. First of all, it releases dopamine because you know you're going forward in the direction. You know you're going into some kind of direction which, which your body and your mind is telling you you're going in direction. But when we go and we, we, we suffer from indecision, then what happens Then we don't get anything. And clearly, clearly, Hashem is never going to put you in a position to always have the clear choice. Sometimes He'll take away your knowledge from you. And He'll take away Bechira. He'll take away your knowledge. He'll take away everything because He just wants you to see what are you going to do. See if you're going to trust me or not. So trust is this concept that every single class at the end of the day goes back to trust. And I always say the same concept. Imagine being in a, in a relationship where you can't trust a person. There's no, there's no relationship. <laughs> Where are you? What time are you coming home? Who would you speak to? Who's that? Who's this? Who's this? <laughs> the whole day you're, you, you got, uh, you're working for the FBI. You're answering more questions than the FBI. But when there's trust, you, you, you know what you have to do. You have to do that. It's a very important concept. So, so I can test them. Because of the source of one's livelihood comes from a very lofty place, a person is tested in many ways to see how he's going to conduct his business. In the desert, the Jews were tested daily to see if they would pray to God for sustenance. Even after the manna fell on the ground, they were tested to see if they tried to preserve some for the next day. So obviously this concept about hoarding is not a concept that's going to work. We know when people try to hoard money, what happens? It ruins. It's spoiled. You have to, the Torah is telling you very simple. You got to live in the moment. You got to live in the moment. You have to live in the moment. This is such, it's, it's such, it's the only way you will have sanity. Like Rabbi Rush says, either you have emunah or meshuga. It's not, there's no option in between. You have to live in the moment. Another thing Rabbi Nachman says, that when a person has dot, that means not, the man did not come to everybody across the board. It wasn't a Costco drop-off. It wasn't, it was dependent upon your state of purity. If a person had, if he had spiritual purity, the man came right to his door. If a person did not have spiritually, he had to shatuham velatuham. He had to ro roll around and look for it. So according to a person's spiritual purity, that has the power to attract, to attract the blessing to you instead of you going out for it. And that's a blessing, to be able to have parnasa in your own house, in your own door, where you don't have to go and make a lot of efforts. That is very connected to this concept about the, the, the man came down in different locations. Some people had to go for it, some people didn't have to, the, according to the person's connection. 
he also said clearly that Shabbat is this concept. When a person keeps Shabbat, he got the double portion. Believe it or not, Shabbat is, is, the, is the source of the blessing for the whole week. Now let's talk about relationships and how money is connected to all this. Which is, it's, You have to know this because this is the pattern that I always see. This is the same pattern. Again, I, I, you look at the same pattern. What happens? A person loses a munah. He starts having fear. What, is he, what do people do when they have fear? Right away, okay, cancel the charity. Wife, cut the expenses. You don't do your hair anymore. You can't do this. We have to cut everything. What happens? All of a sudden, what did he do? He just shot himself in the foot. He shot himself in the foot because he doesn't recognize that the money is not coming from him. It's coming from the radiance of his woman's soul. If you understood this concept, again, this is not my chidushim. This is not my dishin. If you tell this to somebody who doesn't have spirituality, they're going to tell you you're, you, have, you have three horns in your head. This is from Rabbi Rush, the Garden of... Rabbi Nachman talks about this in Lesson 7. I always talk about the importance of guys getting married. I always talk about the importance that when you grow, wealth comes from your wife, not your girlfriend. Why? Because it doesn't come on, the ha- on, the, on, on behalf of your girlfriend's soul. It comes on behalf of your wife's soul. Not your girlfriend. It's a big difference between a person recognizing, you know, he's trying to, and this is a struggle. The struggle usually is, I don't want to get married because I, I, I want to have enough to get married. But we don't understand. The blessing comes after you get married, not before. It comes afterwards. So that's another area where a person has to have that and belief. That the, the, the money, let's, let's hear what he says. Rabbi Nachman says in Lesson 69, that a person's livelihood is drawn down from above through the light of a woman's soul. Okay? Her soul, her, 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 her ruach, her spirit. As Rav Nachman writes, a person's money mainly comes to him through a person's spouse. This is from the Zohar. Not Oprah. The Zohar is saying this. This means that a man's money comes from the radiance of his wife's soul. In other words, through, through the shining and expansion, when you expand your wife's soul, and you're not cheap, I'm not telling you to go buy her Bugatti, but there's, you have to have that concept of Muna that when you, she is really the customer, and this is another thing why guys have to go and invest in getting married and, and, and realizing happiness. I'm going to tell you why, hap, why she has to be infused with happiness, because she's drawn normally to sorrow. Listen to this concept. What is he saying here? These lights have the aspect of the money comes from the place called the nefesh. The nefesh is the feminine aspect of the soul. We know that the, the soul has five, five aspects, nefesh, ruach, um, neshama, yehida. But the nefesh is the feminine side. Believe it or not, there's a soul and there's a feminine side. That's when you marry a soulmate. She's completing you. She's the feminine side. Okay? In other words, when a woman is content and satisfied, her soul expands. As a result, her husband is able to draw down plenty of livelihood. Therefore, there is no greater mistake than constricting his wife's soul through arguing over expenses. You're trying to save a dollar, you're going to lose 20. You're trying to be cheap, you're going to lose double. I, this is not my rules. If you want to have a class action lawsuit against your creator, you do that. Maybe in 2021, they'll actually file a class law action lawsuit against. This is the world Hamishugah people got. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody tried to sue Hashem in this year. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised what I've seen this year. 
I've seen everything. We've seen everything. The bottom line is, when, when, you, when you sit there and remember, how does this happen? First, it starts with the person having fear. What is the first person, what is he going to do? All, all of a sudden, he has fear. He's going to come home agitated. He's going to come nervous. And then he's going to say, what did you buy? Why did you buy this? How come you bought that? How come you bought this? All of a sudden, he makes her feel terrible. And all of a sudden, she goes into fear. Next thing you know, now you're living on panic mode. I can't tell people the biggest, this is the biggest mistake you could make, is become small-minded. Because maybe you are going through a test. Maybe you're going through a temporary test. Doesn't mean it's forever. There is times where a person goes through financial challenges, of course. Everybody goes through them. But this is a test also. <laughs> this is a test also, the financial challenge. It's Hashem's putting you through that test. He can give you all the money in the world. But there's a time where He's actually putting you through a financial test and He wants you to see what are you going to do? What are you going to do in that situation? How are you going to become? Is your mood going to become your personality? You're going to all of a sudden be bitter because so you can never bring your office to your house. I can't tell that enough. I have a friend of mine, his wife is his accountant. Shkita! Already you can go do Shkita! Shkita! She sees the books, the, the payrolls coming down, screaming at him, he's screaming at her. And he's telling, I don't know why my parnas is down. It's because you, can, you have to be, remember, the rules are the, as follows. When you sign a ketubah, it doesn't say you will have a baby. You cannot be pregnant, the man. Okay? It says, I will take responsibility and I will honor and cherish and provide for her. You are signing a contract, believe it or not. You're signing a contract when you get married to become responsible. That is what you're signing. People don't, don't, people don't read that, the, the lines. The problem is nobody reads the contracts. Doesn't always happen. Nobody's reading the contracts. Yay, it's cute, cute, cute. The rabbi's laughing, the guy's drinking. Cute, 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 but he's recognizing. By the way, you know you just committed to a life responsibility of being the supporter. You know that. If they would have read the contract, they would have had the attorney there, two attorneys, check this. No, let her be responsible 25%. But believe it or not, because you took responsibility, because you took responsibility, that's what draws you malchut, kingship, that's what draws you the Parnassah, bottom line. That's what draws you the Parnassah. The, the more responsibility you will take in your life, you know what's going to happen? The more kingship you will draw, the more financial success you will draw, and the opposite is true. When you blame your spouse, or you don't take responsibility in wanting to get married, because you're like, you know what, I need the perfect one, I need Cinderella to come home from a tree, and she's not good enough, she's not good enough, she's not good enough. You, you start becoming arrogant, and not only will you not find her, but you will fall into a very, very, very deep, darkened state. You need to understand that. I can't tell you, I can't stress this enough. We need to understand. You need to understand the rules. These are the rules. And this is what Rabbi Rush is telling us. That's why Rabbi Rush says, when you're having a Shalom Bayit issue, you're not allowed to criticize. Not allowed to criticize, and you're not allowed to comment. Again, this is superhuman. This is if a person is superhuman. But the ultimate goal is because of this concept. Because if she feels criticized, or if she feels common, believe me, I make this mistake all the time. It's actually affecting you. Because what happens, you are creating this shorting of her soul. But this is your responsibility because if you don't have a munah bitachon Hashem, what's going to happen? You're going to walk home and walk around in fear. 
And then what happens? You really caused that problem. You really caused that problem. And this is something that people are, are really missing. They recognize. You signed the contract. You signed the contract. If you didn't sign the contract, it's a different story. So what happens if a guy doesn't sign the contract? Then what happens? He doesn't get married. Then he has other headaches. So either way, you're, you, there's no free rides. That's what the Torah is telling you. If you sign the contract, you've got to take responsibility, but I'm going to take care of you. But if you don't sign the contract, you're going to be single, but you're going to be miserable when you're single that way. That's what Ibn Nachman says. Either you deal with the in-laws, or you're going to deal with your own head. Tells us Either you're going to deal with the family headaches, or you're going to deal with the headaches in your own head. One way or another, you will deal with headaches. You have to decide which headaches you want to deal with, and which areas you need will transform. And this is what Rav Nachman is telling us here. A person who takes responsibility to become a wage earner, to make a decent living, must be a man of valor, not the opposite. He cannot be a shlomazel. can't be waking up when his body feels like it. What time do you wake up? When my body feels like waking up. You can't be that kind of person. If your wife's waking up before you, already you got a problem. You have to be the leader in these situations. Therefore, when a person who desires to receive a livelihood must have a t- touch of leadership, he has to be connected to a king. He has to walk around like a king, and he has to believe that he has a portion of kingship in him, that God provided him with that. When a man takes responsibility, he says he'll honor, he'll support her, he is giving, he is giving, uh, his, his creator will give him authority over a kingship. He'll have to start making money here, he'll start providing here, he'll start providing here. Rabbi Nachman explains that for a man to be able to provide livelihood from above, he cannot be lazy, lethargic, or sad and depressed and fall into Mocham Katnut. He cannot do it, because that is not a leader. And what happens is, when you get to that state, Hashem Yeradzel, that is where the dangerous, that's where addictions become, smoking becomes, and all this. You have to understand something. I talk a lot about people not smoking. You have to be careful not to smoke marijuana, all these things, because it's, it's you know, if you have a Shalom Bayit issue, Hashem wants you to get closer to Him. He doesn't want you to get high on weed and just relax and say, I can only deal with my wife if I smoke weed. That's the only way I can relax. Then you have a problem. Then you have a problem. And this is a comment. Why is that such a problem? Forget if it's medical, if it's allowed, your doctor gave you a prescription, whatever you want to smoke, whatever. The fact that you are not, a, you're not approaching life. An addiction is a problem. It's not so much what it does. It's the problem that that is being used to deal with pain. And Hashem wants a broken heart to deal with pain. He doesn't want you to run away from that pain. So that's why the price is so heavy for the addictions. It's a heavy price. Not only do you not get the light from your wife, not only do you not get the light in heaven, yes, you might get a temporary relief in your life. You might get some sign of sanity. It's not easy. This is not an easy thing. But at the end of the day, just like too much coffee, it will give you energy, but you're going to crash afterwards. Energy with interest. You can't take too much coffee. It's gonna, there's interest afterwards. The same thing with, in, in our lives. To the extent that we take responsibility, that draws the shefa, that draws the new business, that draws that. Because remember, when a person's going with his spouse, Rabbi Nachman says it to the T. He says it, and this is from the Kute Halachot. He's saying turn, the incense and in marriage, the connection between what is the, the role of a man in this relationship? His job is to turn sorrow into joy. Remember, the man is, represents the son, the chachma, the leader, the light. 
His wife represents the moon. She's more drawn, the machut is more drawn to sorrow and negativity. That's the way it is. Another class action you want to follow. You could do that too. But this is the way it is. So it's the man's job is to elevate her, to elevate, to turn the sorrow into the joy. To elevate her, to pick her up. Because she's more prone to this sorrow. It's, this is, again, this is what it is. Rabbi Nachman's telling us here that the biggest simcha that you can have is not just smiling and yeah, everything's great. The biggest simcha you can have in life is when you turn the sorrow into the joy. That is the highest form of simcha. One thing is to have simcha and to say, you know, I have a problem, but I don't want to think about it. That's not real simcha. That's avoiding changing states. Okay, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to have that. I don't want to deal with this headache. The highest form of happiness, you know what it is? When you turn the problem into the solution. When the problem is the solution. When you recognize that's the blessing you have. That sorrow became the biggest simcha. That, that, that breakup became the, 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 the new you. It's not enough to say, I want to be happy. The biggest light comes when you turn sorrow into simcha. Remember that concept. It's not enough to push away darkness. Because if I push away darkness, what's going to come? More darkness. I'm not talking about avoiding and suppressing something. I'm talking about elevating it back to God. That same situation. It's very difficult to do that. It's not an easy thing. You understand? Because our mind is always in reacting to things. Very few times do we respond to things. We're always in that reactive mode. And that's the biggest thing we have to fight. Rav Nachman talks about the power of sadness and depression is more greatly associated with a woman, which is connected to the sitra de nukva, the feminine side of creation, the side of strict judgment. We know this in Kabbalah. We know there's a right side, which represents chesed, and we know that there's a left side, which represents gevura. When a, when, a, when a child makes a mistake, who does it go to? Not the father. He goes to the mother. The mother represents bina. Bina is the mother. She has intuition, she's Bina. Also, the woman in, in her area, in her life, when a man makes a decision, a man could say, I want to open up a new business. All of a sudden she says, well, huh, where are you going to get the money? So you, it appears to be negative, but it's not really negative, it's more of a tzimtzum. A tzimtzum is she takes your light and she has to develop the light by constricting it. I want to go into business with this guy. I don't trust him. What do you do now? Do you know the guy? She has intuition. Do you understand? She has the aspect of intuition, but she also ha could have the aspect of the sorrow. Remember, it's more of a strict relationship. It's the left side. It's not the open expansiveness. It's chachma. Chachma is ideas. Bina is more taking that idea and saying, okay, how do I put this in? How do I make this a reality? You want to open up a ten thousand. You want to open up a five thousand square foot house, and next thing you know, you have a four thousand square foot lot. So she's telling you, take your dreams and get realistic. You don't have. <laughs> yes, you have the five thousand mindset, but the lot is only four thousand square feet. What are you going to do? So she takes the vision and she puts. She makes it into a decision. Do you understand? See, the same concept. It's a. It's a. It's the aspect of the left, and that area is connected more to sadness than that. Because we know the moon. The moon is full. The moon is a quarter full. There's no moon. It's a shifting of moods and shifting of state 
of mood. So what does the man have to do? He has to elevate her and pick her up. And this is what he's saying. It's known that the power of sadness is depression. It's connected to this. As our sages say in Proverbs, her feet descend to death, to sadness, which is the aspect. This is associated with her end is bitter, this concept of bitterness. And it says the sadness is connected more to this area. To her, her, and, and we know studies also show women over 40 are more, we know this. This is a, science talks about this also. In contrast, simcha and happiness are more connected to the side of, of the right, which is the man. So how, the number one way that a man makes her happy is through, through the union of the physical union. Through the physical union, Rabbi Nachman says, a man is obligated to bring simcha to his wife. He's supposed to have relationships with her. Believe it or not, if the process is done right, he has chachma, she has, she has, she, his chachma, his learning, his studies, his confidence. When he's making a union with her, he, he's able to make her happy through that. Because what is he taking her? He's taking her from the sorrow and bringing her up. And this is the connection to her. And this is the reason why the, the problem was that our own sons didn't want to get married. And what happened to them? They died. Why did they die? Because they didn't want to deal with the whole headaches. They didn't want to go down. They didn't want to go with the depression and up. They wanted to stay on a higher level. They didn't want to go with the ups and making her happy and go down to her level and go down to the depression and turn it into joy. They just wanted permanent happiness. And that's not her, that's not, that wasn't their job. This is why the incense, when we read the Ketorit, what is the Ketorit? The Ketorit is, has the aspect that one of the spices smells terrible. And without that spice, the Ketorit would be worthless. But the reason why is because we're taking that Ketorit, the last portion of that spice that smells terrible, and we're bringing it all together. We're sweetening the judgment. The greatest sweetening of the judgment is when you can take the sorrow into the simchaha. How do you do this practically? You could say, if it wasn't for my addiction, I would never become spiritual. That's taking the sorrow into the simcha. Or you could take, if it wasn't for my problem with my mother-in-law, I would never be doing his bodidut. Or if there's a problem with my, uh, my problem with my diet, I would, that I got sick, I would never come out with cookies. <laughs> Coconut cookies, like like she did. Do you understand? This is about. This is what God wants from you. He doesn't want you to dwell on the sorrow and sadness, which is what the normal we do. We 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 shut down. We panic. We escape. He wants you to get curious with that darkness and find a way to elevate it. He wants you to elevate that darkness back to light. This is the root of all trauma. This is the root of everything. This is the root. Taking the left and bringing it back to the light. This is exactly what a man's relationship with his wife is. The man's relationship with his wife is him, he has to be able to elevate her because she, she could be drawn more to that negativity and he has to lift her up because she's drawn to the mahut. He has to elevate the mahut. Positive words, building her confidence. That's his job. When he does that, she becomes a happy wife. Happy wife, happy life. He gives a parnasa, etc. But we know that the opposite is also true. The opposite is also true. When he doesn't want to deal with her because he doesn't want to deal with himself, then what happens? The criticisms, the blaming, then there's no parnasa. She's upset, resentment. He's upset, there's no money. 
and the world and the whole the whole thing is a complete disaster. And we've all heard of those conversations, correct? So blaming is the number one way to stay in a problem in life. Blaming is the number one way, and you also you have to know your role. A quarterback is not a wide receiver. You have to know your role. Having that is to understand what is my role as a husband? What do I expect as a wife? What am I looking for? What are you looking for? You ha- I can't tell you, like Rabbi Rush says, if there's no that, there's no mercy. So a person could say, listen, I didn't know. I didn't know. You know, they, always, they used to say, well, you don't know doesn't hurt you, right? It's pretty much the opposite. What you don't know is what's hurting you. It's exactly the opposite. It's what you don't know. I didn't know. Well, you have to search. You can't say, I didn't know. But when you have this magic solution, and you know what your role is, remember, how am I going to give her chachma? How am I going to give her chachma? I have to elevate myself. How am, I going to, how am I going to give her chachma? I have to work on learning Torah. I have to get chachma. I have to be a receiver from God. And when I come become a receiver, what is going to happen? I can give to her, and I can fulfill her. And what happens? She gives me back the light, and you have a happy marriage. That is called a happy marriage. He's, a rece- he's the giver. And this is the root of the first sin. The first sin was that Adam listened to his wife instead of him telling her what to do. Influencing her, telling her, don't, li- don't listen to the snake. The snake is out to get you. He was the receiver instead of the giver. The root of all the destruction was he was influenced by her instead of him being influenced by him influencing her. And then what did, she, what did he do? He says, this is the wife you gave me. So you could see the whole tikkun was, <laughs> was broken. He made so many mistakes. But what do you think you're reading this? You're reading this for me and you, for all of us. When you don't lead properly, you don't do the right thing, what happens? You start becoming the receiver and then the whole thing is over. Then it just becomes a blame game, etc. So this is, I can't tell you, you could save years of therapy from this. You have to know what your role is and you have to know what her role is. You have to understand how taking responsibility means money. Taking responsibility equals malchut and malchut equals blessing. Because God has to create a place for you to give. But remember, like I said before, if you don't have the trust in Bitachon as a man, and you don't have this trust, and you don't have this, then what do you think you're going to bring home? What do you think you're going to bring home? You're going to bring home darkness. And then she's going to get darkness. And then what happens? She's not happy. He's not happy. Resentment, divorce. And this is, the, this is so many stories like that. You know, this is why I, when I first time I tell people, listen, I, I can't fix this problem in one, in one therapy class. This is not, there's a major issue. You're not learning. You're not doing this. You're, not, you're in the wrong role. You're, you're, you have a football team and nobody knows what to do. He's the center. He's the quarterback. He's the wide receiver. Nobody knows where to be. And that's the root of the issue. And this is why we have Rav Nachman. Rav Nachman's holding your hands. He's holding your hands. And when you see, and you'll see this very clearly, and you'll see this, and I see it, I'm telling you, I see it like, I'm so sensitive to this. When I see my Shalom Bayit and the Parnassah, something's wrong, right away it's because I'm not focusing on my tefillah. I'm not focusing. I'm not bringing that light. I'm in my own head. So what happens, this all of a sudden shows up in my face, and it teaches me I have to go fix this problem. And it happens all the time. But it's at least I know what to do. I know what to do. Okay, I see this. This I, I see. I got. I, I I lost my focus here. I lost my focus here. 
This is a, a hundred way to win. Because when you fix your relationships with your Creator, He will fix your relationships with people. You have to tattoo that in your line. When you fix your relationship with your Creator, He will fix your relationship with people. People in the world that you see, difficult people, situations in your life are only their signs in order for you to fix that relationship with your Creator. Very simple. And the best way to do this, I would tell you, you have to wake up early. You have to be able to have a therapy with your Creator like we had and spend 20 minutes on, 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 on becoming a giver. Becoming a giver. When you become a giver, you draw machut. The more machut, the more responsibility, the more you can give. This is why I just tell you, don't worry about not having kids. People say, I can't have a kid. You hear this line. If I have another kid, I don't know if I can afford it. That's not your, that's not your responsibility. God provides for the kids and all that. So many of you have kids with 18 kids and one kid with a couple, they don't have more kids because they're afraid the IRA, 401k, and they're popping out kids like rabbits. Because they know the source. It's not their money. Another one, I've got to calculate. We've got to go to the accountant to see if we can go to another kid. Maybe we can have another kid. Let's plan it for four years from now. And before you know it, the, 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 she can't have kids anymore. But these, these people are popping out kids like crazy because they know, what are you talking about? The parnasa comes with the kid. It's not you're the one giving the parnasa. So may Hashem help us all that we should take this advice. Hashem should bless everybody. We should have a lot of light. And we should take this advice, and God willing, get tremendous mercy. Amen. Amen. All right, great. Okay, beautiful. Any questions? Any questions? Four o'clock, brother. Yes. In, no, in general, the concept of chachma and bina is a, is a man is, has the chachma and woman has the bina. She has the intuition, he has the light. But his job is, like, like Rabbi Rush says, is to elevate her, to elevate her, to pick her up. She's more prone. Remember, guys, the guys, woman's biggest issue is she craves honor and respect. She what? She craves honor and respect. Oh, Correct? Crave Women crave honor and respect. It's a big deal for them. You can have the nicest house in the world, you can live in Beverly Hills, $10 million mansion, but if your wife says, I don't respect him, she'll even get a divorce for that situation. She craves honor and respect. Why? Because of this concept. Where a man is not supposed to crave. Why does the ketubah only talk about how much money? Because it, the, whole po- the whole point of the ketubah is for the man to recognize he has to take responsibility. But then the men will sometimes, not all men, mm-hmm. oh, I bring the money, I'm giving the money. No. Right, but it has to be the whole concept is he has to be nice and make her feel like, like she's part of the money that his blessing comes from her. This is not an easy thing to do. I'm just giving you the rules. What you do with the rules is a different story. You cannot become arrogant and say, I'm the provider. What do you do? Absolutely not. That's how you, you remember. She gets, you get the blessing when she's happy, not when she's miserable. You understand? The woman's role is to be the, the bina. The bina. To form him, you understand? To be able to check his ego, to form him, to become, to nurture the children. She's the concept of the feminine aspect of the nefesh. To have children, to be the, the feminine aspect. To be, again, whatever, to have children, to, to work also. But to be the, the one who, who, who's able to catch his ego. What does that mean to catch his ego? To be able to, to put him in his place where he needs to. To be a cheerleader and a coach at the same time. We have a bunch of classes on, the, on, on women. 
No, no. It's, it's, this is a complicated, it's a complicated issue. There's a lot of complicated. But you have to understand the root of the, the issues. Is what's a man role and what's the, what's the female's role? You have to understand that. We have many classes on that. It's not a two-minute conversation. But in general, we could, we could, talk, we could talk about that. Good. Any, other, any more questions? Yes. Right, that could be it. Again, that's something in Israel, but in general, what you're right, it's a great question. It's a great question. Some people do support their husbands, but according to our sages, they get half of that learning. They get half of that learning. But in general, what we, we're talking about here is the being able to shy away from responsibility, which is sometimes what, 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 what's causing the problem, is when a guy doesn't want to take responsibility for, for, for connecting to heaven. That means if I'm shorting, if I'm losing money, God forbid, my job is to go to my to creator and fix out what I have to fix instead of telling my wife, stop shopping for the groceries or, or, or spend less money on Shabbat. That does the opposite effect. Is that what you're saying? But there is concepts of that, that, that people do support their husbands and they get, they get half the learning. Yes? Right. That. Very good. Sure. This class was dot. This whole class, that is consciousness. So the more you learn something, the more it becomes internalized, it becomes dot, knowledge. Dot is also perspective. So dot is the combination of chachma and bina. When you have chachma and bina, you have dot. You're listening to a class. Correct. Dot is knowing what to do. Knowledge. So when you listen to a class right now, I just told you what the man's role, you just have, you have that. So according to the amount of that you have, that's the mercy that follows. This is why our sages say, it's forbidden to give somebody mercy who has no dot. For example, if, I have a, if a person has a, he wants to open up a movie theater in the middle of COVID. 10,000 square foot movie theater in Miami. <laughs> You're like, I, 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 don't you recognize what's going on? I, if I give you money, I'm going to make, it's cruelty. I'm going to make you suffer, I'm going to make myself suffer, because you have no dot. Your business plan is your dot. Your mindset is your dot. We have to develop dot because the sin happened with Eitz dot. Man sinned with Eitz dot. so the, 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 the tikkun here in this world is to really work on changing your perspective, getting the knowledge, pursuing knowledge, to be able to go into different situations and understand what to do. Do you understand? Yes. Of course. Next week's class is on trauma. Don't worry. Go ahead. Sure. Yes. Okay, very simple. Okay, very example. Good. I should, inv I should invite you to my clinic in my, in my rehab, and you'll see how when you recognize that there are addictions which w was originally used to escape a problem, once, once they started doing the 12 steps and becoming, and becoming clean, not only did they get clean, but they became different people completely. They became more spiritual, more compassionate. They became 10 times better people than they would have happened if it wasn't for that pain. Do you understand? So that's taking the sorrow to the happiness. Failing uh, a test in high school, in college, and next thing you know, going to a different school that was, you didn't want to, and meeting your husband in that school. That is taking the sorrow and recognizing if it wasn't for that sorrow, I would be happiness. 
my seven-year gambling, my gambling addiction ended up becoming my spiritual awakening. That was a lot of sorrow. It turned into a blessing. You understand? Because how else would you have gotten there in your life? That's the whole purpose. Right. We're going to talk about exactly next week the steps for trauma and how to really elevate that. But your job is to understand that the problem is the solution. That the medicine, that the literally the medicine comes before the refua. It's a very hard concept to believe that the medicine comes before the refua. <laughs> but that's the way that your Creator does it. Yes. Right. 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 So, Rabbi Nachman says that sometimes you'll get one thought, but if you hold tight and you and you and you and you really, really are mindful, you're going to get a second thought of encouragement. You understand? So sometimes not just following your emotions, recognizing am I making an emotion based on my mood or am I making it based on logic and correct. Especially the best way to make decisions. Rabbi Nachman says very clearly in Lesson 138, 136, and 156 is when you're in a state of joy. When you're in a peak state, you have clarity, you have joy, that is the best place to make a decision. You never want to make a decision when you're in a very negative state because there's a good chance you're making a, a, the wrong decision. An indication that you're in an ego state is the ego's job is to always look at things and block perspective. Do you understand? The ego will never let you see a blessing in disguise. It's always going to look at the, the something that's wrong with it. Or why this again? The job of the ego is to close your eyes. The soul is open-minded and says, maybe there's a blessing here that I don't see. So how do you know you're in your soul state is according to the ability to, to be more, more wide open. Say, you know what, maybe I'm not looking at this correctly. Instead of saying, this is bad, this is good, this is bad, this is good, or this is bad. Yes. Yes. Yes, a woman, a woman, she, that's a great question, by the way. There's a concept called a zamra. That means when somebody, there's always going to be a concept where not everybody's going to do great. Sometimes I'm going to be in a, the whole purpose, again, is, is, is picking each other up. When you're picking each other up, you're recognizing it's one soul. So when you ask me the question, what's a husband's role, what, pick each other up. Being able to give constructive criticize. But what happens is, is when we become when we don't feel good about ourselves, we don't want to listen to the advice. So that's where you have to pray. If that person's not ready to listen, and many times when you tell a guy, listen, why don't you listen to a class? He's like, throw the class out the window. You can't shove the class down his ears. You have to pray for him, and you have to connect to him. As many times this is going to happen. 
people never want to take advice from their husbands and wives, usually. Very, number one, I don't, my, I don't think my wife will ever listen to one of my classes. Because I, I don't want to hear from you. Somebody, oh, I, I can't believe what I heard the other day. It was so good. Oh, hello, I've been saying that like a thousand times. You understand? I've saying that a thousand times. Nothing's new under the sun. But it's not, they don't like, people don't like family members, like a father and son. So sometimes that has to come from an, from an outside place, and, it, and, there's a, and, and you have to do it very tactful, and you have to say, this is good, I, why, I really liked what I listened to, you should, you should listen to it, it made me so happy. Basically, demonstrate, not instruct. Do you understand? Demonstrate, not instruct. When you, when you show how happy you are, they want to do what you want to do. But if you instruct them, no, I'm not doing it. Because remember, the danger is when a person is in a victim mindset, they don't want to hear anything. They want to isolate. And this happens a lot. So sometimes you just have to give them their space and compliment them and all that. It's not easy. Again, it's not, this is not an e I just gave you the rules. Now we have to pray to apply it. This is very, but the root problem is, God forbid, a guy gets depressed, he starts with an addiction of porn, or God forbid of this, or gambling. It just turns into the whole thing, turns a disaster. You have to fight for happiness today. You have to fight for happiness. Because Rabbi Nachman tells you, as long as you fight for happiness, I'm going to control you. I'm going to be careful. I'm going to watch you. But the minute you walk out of bounds, you lose supervision. That's the scary thing. Walking in life without supervision. Yes. You had a question? No? Yeah. Okay. Good. But the, but, but the concept, again, of criticizing. Why you, tell, you understand? The problem is the criticizing. The criticizing, the... The talking bad, coming home in a bad mood. This is where we need to come home and work on ourselves and not come home. Because if I come home in a good mood, I'm not going to affect the rest of the place. How does this concept work? It's called displacement. I come home in a bad mood. All of a sudden, let's say my wife is in a bad mood. All of a sudden, if I'm not working on myself, she's going to say, I'm going to call her, she says, what do you want? I'm busy. I'm going to be in a bad mood now. Next thing you know, I'm going to tell my employee, why are you late? Meanwhile, she's like two minutes late. No big deal. Next thing you know, the employee is going to say, her husband calls and says, what do you want for dinner? You figure it out. <laughs> do you understand? It just it becomes a, a spiral of negativity because we all, we all dump, every, we dump everything on other people. It's another thing. You can't come home with all your laundry and dump it on somebody else. All right? Great. Great. Have a great day. Anytime. Beautiful.